Dear listeners, Sai Ram. We now bring you Vahini Satsang. Today's episode was first aired on the 9th November 2017 as part of Thursday live programs on Asia Stream of Radio Sai. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. Saram dear listeners and welcome to Vahini Satsang. I'm Team Radio Sai's Bishu and along with me as always is Sai Prakash. 40 weeks ago we started this series to ruminate on Bhagwan's message written directly by him in the form of a series of articles which were published in Sanatan Sarathi and later compiled into books. We started with Bhagwan's first series the prema vahini we are now in the 13th chapter of this sacred text and in the last episode we had brother aman javeri a research scholar from the department of management studies who shared interesting instances from his own life about how if one has the conviction and confidence one cannot be detracted from walking on the path laid down by bhagwan no matter how difficult or different the circumstances may be and then we had professor venkatraman explaining to us with examples about the state of modern education today and how swami has showed us the right way so we will continue from there professor venkatraman is again with us today as we dwell more into this subject sir last time we discussed the last segment of chapter 13 and um, there are a few more questions uh, related to this segment So, with your permission, can we play that last segment once again? Sure, sure. Ika mei rabhyasin chuna dhe mei. Ika mei ko sukha mei ppudu. Srushti marmamu tilisikonu tte ppudu. Shashwata sukha mukkattei kaani prendu levu. Dhani payinan nei dhrushti pettudu. Upanishad vidyalanu abhyasin chudu. Kashta sukhaalalo unnanu. Jeevitadhara vidyalanu abhyasin chudu nanu. Dhrushti maatram brahma payinan chudu. సుగుణముల అభివృద్ధిని తరిఫీదు చేయక తెలివి మాత్రం అభివృద్ధి చేయు నేటి విద్యలు లోక కళ్యాణమునకే హానికరం ఇట్టి సద్గుణములపై నేటి బాలురకు బిగువు లేకుండుటకు ప్రస్తుత విద్యా విధానమున ఆధ్యాత్మిక సద్బోధనలు లేకుండుటే కారణం బాలురు కానీ బాలికలు కానీ స్త్రీలు కానీ పురుషులు కానీ పవిత్రమైన బలమైన అందమైన శీలమును పాడు చేయని విద్యనే అలవరుచుకునవలెను అట్టి విద్యయే విద్య కానీ ఎక్కడెక్కడో ఉన్న అన్ని రకాల సంగతులను తీసుకుని వచ్చి విద్యార్థుల బుర్రలలో చేర్చుకున్నట కాదు మానవులలో ఉండు ప్రత్యేక గుణ విశేషములకు పరిపూర్ణ వికాసం కలిగించు పద్ధతియే ఆధ్యాత్మిక విద్య వాట్ విల్ కన్ ఫర్ పీస్ అండ్ వెల్ బీయింగ్ ఫర్ మ్యాన్ కైండ్ ఇస్ ద మెసేజ్ ఆఫ్ ద సేజెస్ అండ్ సియర్స్ నాట్ ఎనిథింగ్ ఎల్స్ even as one picks up various knowledge and skills to earn one's livelihood and goes through the vicissitudes of life one's vision must be focused on the lord permanent happiness is one not two and can be secured through the study of the upanishads the present education that seeks to improve one's intelligence but not the growth of virtues is detrimental for the welfare of mankind 
if the children of today do not take to cultivating virtues it is because the current educational system is bereft of spiritual instruction be it men women or children all must strive to imbibe that knowledge which will contribute to a strong beautiful and virtuous character this alone is knowledge not all and sundry information gathered from all sources and crammed into the heads of the students spiritual knowledge is that methodology which enables the complete blossoming of the unique qualities inherent in man so here bhagwan is uh, talking about the education system and if i am not wrong sir your association with the university began as a visiting professor way back in 1992 is that right sir uh yes 92 correct and of course later swami blessed you with the opportunity of being the vice chancellor of his university but uh, let me ask you something not philosophical but more uh, a little bit on the personal domain when you first time came to the university and having worked in so many institutions and having actually built many institutions what were your initial impressions as you interacted with the students the faculty and you saw the campus in prashantinilayam <coughs> okay before i answer i would like to state my terms and conditions okay <laughs> it's very common even when you sign up on facebook or whatever it is that is stipulated there is something about this vahini which i would like to call attention to <coughs> and so towards the end you have to give me some time so that i can connect with prema vahini definitely sir sure okay i don't exactly remember how i looked at it but one thing i will say birthday was over and on 25th the classes were to resume mm-hmm. so i was going for my first class i sat there and so i came for morning darshan he said i want to start teaching i am going to start teaching he said very good mm-hmm. so i went there and it took me some time to get through yeah, so rather familiarize myself with uh, the school and the university and all that what i noticed first was that there is what you may call uh discipline mm-hmm. in a certain sense we able to run around in struggle late you know especially the fire session was very made a deep impact on me and then shortly afterwards swami went to brindavan i had a teaching assignment there so i went for teaching and in the evening there was a thrice session and uh, in the thrice session after i i had access to it i sat sort of somewhere in the middle not along the wall because that was only certain you have to earn that wall <laughs> okay wall status <laughs> i was sitting right in front of jula about 
10 15 feet away from him. after the small talk was on swami mentioned my name is stood up what are you doing uh, i said i am teaching then casually asked me how do you find the boys i said i find them very good hmm. then he bowled a bouncer like anything <laughs> <laughs> never seen he said aadharamo adeyam i didn't understand both words oh. <laughs> he could see uh, i mean it's like draw up so some fast bowler who bowls at 90 miles per hour uh, pulling to a 10 year old kid <laughs> so he saw i was uh, completely bowled very gently talked to turn his side and started talking to someone else everybody forgot my problem hmm. so at that point i became less involved with students except as a teacher and my duties as a teacher i was stuck on these two words i didn't know what they meant hmm. so what so, was the exact sentence swami asked i said boys are very good how hmm. do you know adharama hmm. adhema that's all so is it adharam or is it adheyam yes i didn't know the meaning of those two words nor hmm. did i know how it was connected students being good <laughs> i mean uh, even though i had a lot of career outside i was made to look less than a novice like so it turned away and i was saved for the day but those words stuck in my mind hmm. so from those days i was a teacher in the classroom but i was a learner and uh, thanks to my prior training my learning was of a different style and that has helped me to accelerate fast always checking it out with problems problems is i ask a question how do i solve it is in the framework of this that was very helpful to me and in later years it enabled me to do many things including write books and all that stuff so i don't know whether it's an adequate answer to you but you better change the topic because other <laughs> we'll end up the whole day no but uh, <laughs> he has left so many question marks now no no you you ask me later let us stick to prema vaini otherwise somebody can sue you you know you said prema vaini who the hell wants to know what that fellow is uh, no so we all all about also. education <laughs> i will give it to you on a separate occasion you pay me for it separate payment basis <laughs> no but let us see it as yes. there is time enough sure. see when we finish the book we can extend the series yeah. okay that a fair deal you can anything you want to ask <laughs> okay definitely <laughs> so he's going to in in this in this paragraph mm. like swami was saying that uh, since the worldly education is promoting intelligence mm. um so it is not good even for this world just promotion of intelligence alone is not good for this world also that's what uh, is written here mm-hmm. um in one sense we have heard of the philosophy of uh, educare that has to come from within but my question is no it, that is a wrong interpretation mm. just just two aspects okay mm. so uh, maybe then we should understand what educare actually is mm. but uh, more than that uh, education is what is being taught to us from outside and uh, if somebody is teaching us something and if it is not adequate what is the scope for somebody to develop like suppose a student it's no fault of the student he is being taught a certain uh, thing in the class or in the school uh, how will that student know that this is not adequate or what what where is the gap you see when you say you get from outside yes 
most of you when you talk about education you talk, think of classrooms hmm. now i would like to break free of the classrooms okay there is a reason for this because only then we get a, a better idea of what education the role it has to play and all that the moment you talk about classroom the nuts and bolts of methodology takes over and becomes a tyrant correct okay i will just uh, i don't want to spend too much time i'll give you an example instead of using the word education i'll say learning yes learning is a better word because learning is what uh, uh, for you to learn. the education is a system that allows you to learn so then comes the question what is the meaning of learning can animals learn right to what extent can they learn to what extent can we learn to what extent are i different from animals is my capability an accident or something else there are lots of issues come and so on just to give an example of learning and all that just two minutes sure i regularly try to listen to a bbc program called news hour extra it is compare, sort of not compare it is uh, hosted by a fellow called owen bennett jones is very sharp very good and uh, before he got this job he used to do something else i have heard him interview benazir bhutto and all those things in fact he began in a very low level he used to go to afghanistan to, no first he goes to montana gets a driving license <laughs> then he goes to afghanistan gets a driving license but then he is doing this very recently just last week he ran a program usually it's 60 minutes 58 or so and he divides it into two halves how much growth do we need mm-hmm. it was a very interesting program somebody talked about degrowth somebody talked about uh, growth is focusing too much on gdp you must also look at social inequality all that it was very nice but then they also talked about technology solutions for problem problems arising of inequity and all that nobody asked the question can technology really solve the problems this is a mistake that is being made repeatedly jeffrey sachs did it before then lester brown did it so many people try thomas friedman says technology at the end of the day technology is created by man operated by man and what is that to prevent it from being a crook so how can technology solve problems i find there is nobody talking about it at all and i'm stunned so what i would like to do is when i learn i would like to put it in expanding horizons then i will have to i will be in a position to deal with it the expanding horizon is needed because all the problems which people talk about whether it's air pollution or whatever it is comes from the mind if mind is the culprit how do i deal with this fellow who is elusive so when swami talks about education and all that that really speaking if education does not pay attention to it 
it is what is called drilling of a certain kind and just uh, to stress that some years ago after a lot of corporate frauds were being frauds were being committed in the united states the harvard university decided to put a value based course mm-hmm. yes harvard is excellent in the academic i mean they are top uh, leaders in many fields sciences and management sociology and all that so they put this they put a scotch tape <laughs> and they teach it in such a way you can remember this if you want and if you don't like it throw it away hmm. that's the kind of thing hmm. now the uniqueness about swami is he says you can break it but that is wrong as cecil b demer said you never break the law law breaks you <laughs> <laughs> so that is the said it uh, he said it that way so if i am learning what good does it do to me in the sense how does it help me to serve society better that's the way i will put it okay that is the real objective of swami people can come to the classroom and interpret it in different ways that is their mistake now luckily for me i didn't take lessons from anybody i listened to swami's discourse and i trained myself by asking talking to people and say ask me questions when they ask questions i am challenged and uh, i go through many levels of challenge and finally i got some perspective it may be useful for you to keep that in mind absolutely i don't know whether this was useful was yeah, it clear sure. yeah sure sir no i it brought about two points one is that you know learning is independent of what is being taught in the classroom that is uh, one thing that clearly comes out and um, i think uh, the focus on service to society is the other thing which is very important yes so and uh, The, the, this is consolidated by a statement of Weisskopf which I often quote. He said, Compassion without knowledge is ineffective. Knowledge without compassion is inhuman. Yes. So, mm-hmm. I may know a lot but I am <laughs> the devil. Yes. I may be compassionate but I may be able to do only locally. Yeah. You cannot change the world. Yeah. Now, when you are having a power of authority and all that, and if you are compassionate you can do a lot correct that's all yes. point and the, the bottom line is i mean i don't have to uh, drop the atom bomb to become inhuman i can use the knowledge to exploit society market forces do that yes so what is happening it's a zero sum game some fellow wins somebody loses in swami's system when i have knowledge and compassion and a synthesis both it becomes a win win game zero same game to win win it completely changes the changes. Uh, wow. accountancy yes. that is very important in that fact, is one thing i got from swami in fact uh, just the other day we were having a discussion with some of the uh, former students of bhagwan's university who have been now serving here many years as teachers and they, and they have been chanting vedam here and uh, dr shiv shankar sai he was part of that discussion and uh, he narrated how once when they had invited bhagwan to the institute auditorium to distribute prizes so swami personally in those days used to give prizes to all the prize winners and as swami was leaving swami called uh, the warden sir and uh, swami asked how many boys got prizes and uh, so he said swami about 150 students how many students totally are there in the hostel and he said swami about 
I think it was about 350 or 400 students. Swami said, what about the rest? Why didn't all the other students get prizes? Hmm. So that was, you know, Swami was more concerned about all the other <laughs> students who did not get a prize. And in fact, that's how uh, Shivasanaka Saisa was saying, they started so many competitions because Swami wanted that every student has some talent or uh, in him and we have to create those opportunities so that everyone deserves a prize. So they said we started Vedam competition, we started Vedam single, Vedam pair, Vedam explanation, Vedam in group, everything is possible. Lots of painting and all. Painting, yes. sketching, clay modeling. By the way, there is one thing absolutely unique about Swami's institutions which is not found anywhere in India and I believe also in the other world, other, other parts of the world. At least the parts I know about. Can you say what it is? That is one thing that struck me. About Swami's system of education? I will say Swami's institutions. I am not... Institutions. System is a different thing. Hmm. It can be adopted by anybody anywhere. Swami's institutions. I think one thing which comes to mind, of course, is uh, the lifestyle of students because... No, something more. Okay. Lifestyle and all that is... Uh, this is something stark contrast, absolutely stark contrast. Mm-hmm. Well, we know uh, the uh, overarching… One word answer I want. One word answer. One word answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three words, actually. <laughs> Education for life. It can be done in two words. <laughs> Education for life. <laughs> That's all marketing. <laughs> <laughs> It's not an exam where <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, time is... <laughs> Eight seconds, seven seconds, six seconds, five seconds. <laughs> Two words. Um, you can only think of character development, but I know something else is what... fuzzy, I'll simply tell you. No ragging. Oh. Oh. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. I know what goes on in the outside world. Mm. This ragging is not a part of our tradition. It was supposed to be like primary school, grammar school in England. Mm. And it was not only bullying. It became so brutal. Yes. People are assaulted and all that. And during the emergency, Indira Gandhi banned it. Nobody could do it. Mm -hmm. She said, if I catch you, I'll throw you out and put you Mm. in jail. And it stopped. The day she left office, it came back with a vengeance. And Mm. that is something you can be legitimately proud of. Yes. And there was no order saying no ragging. Yeah. It just, everybody knew it's not done. Mm. And it became such a habit that people did not even know that they should be ragging and they are not (laughs) ragging. Mm. That is something spectacular. Absolutely. Today in the world, everybody talks yes. about not only bullying, cyberbullying. I don't know yeah. how you say yeah. bullying, cyber, but uh, they yes. talk about cyberbullying. Yes. In fact, uh, so this is something unique. Mm. I don't, uh, the, I don't know where this happens. Mm. In fact, I, I'm not too sure whether uh, in this institution I've personally seen it, and yes. this is something 
I can testify to till today. Yes, so. absolutely. So you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we gone this through it. This round goes to the questioner. <laughs> but I got very close to it by saying lifestyle and hostel. I was coming to it actually. <laughs> Look, <laughs> lifestyle, well, character hostel. development also is part of it. Everything is part That's of it. All you know, <laughs> Abdul Kader and Amavasya being related. These two words starkly tell yes. what it means. Absolutely. In fact, there is brutality. Yes, absolutely. Bestiality. It says, "I am more powerful than you." Yes. What can Yes. It brings out the rocks yes. in you. In fact, you uh, and there is no accountability. They yes. say, no, no, that's so we won't look mm. at it this way. Mm. And it goes on in today's society in mm. all forms and manner. Mm. So we will turn to something else. I'll <laughs> <laughs> not uh, worse than your agony. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, just changing, uh, not changing track, but uh, referring to what you mentioned earlier about um, how suddenly ethics course. Uh, was introduced in Harvard and in fact we have seen that also in some other institutions now you have many institutions waking up to this idea of uh, trying to sensitize students about uh, integrity and honesty and all that in fact um, in one of the recent studies uh, that they had done to find out what is the quality that makes for best CEOs and they have found that it is honesty that is what has Uh, really propel the current CEOs to where they are. So my question is, you have all these institutions now. They are trying to talk about values and sort of teach morality to students. But often I see that they don't want to mention anything about spirituality. They don't want to mention anything about God. So sort of in the name of being secular, they want to talk about uh, um, being good. They want to tell students have integrity, but they. are coming from an atheistic standpoint will that work sir see there are two issues here morals and belief in god i know many atheists they are absolutely honest okay scrupulously honest and they are very uh, ethical in that sense so I won't uh, talk about the need for God. Rather, the man is honest because he wants to be accountable to himself. They all recognize there is a conscience. It is against my conscience. I will not do it. That's all he is. Hmm. That is a good starting point. Second thing is, he feels intrinsically. I should not hurt another person. Okay, so people take a moral stand under many circumstances, depending on the strength of their convictions. Now you talk about CEO and all that. That's a separate story on which I'll spend a couple of minutes. But about these morals and convictions. there is something that happened in america i was in america at that time 68 to 69 or 67 to 68 but it actually started a little earlier when i went to america i was given a room which i shared with another professor in a building called the ford lab and there was a reactor there Anybody could go around, walk around the reactor, and all that. There was a next door another building. I think it was called Cooley Building, and that you cannot enter that. Nobody without a special pass and all that. 
Next time when I went in 85, the roles changed. My office was in Kohli building. I could not go to the reactor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I told my, uh, my host professor, I want to go and see my old room. We have to get all kinds of clearances and all that. Simple reason is because it was a reactor. Th- they were afraid of terrorists and they're completely securitized. What about earlier? I could work in a reactor but not go to the building. At that time, that building was full of scientists who were doing classified work, military work in the campus. And they were getting funding from the ministry, uh, military. So, and most of it was directed towards the Vietnam War, the, so all sorts of things. So many professors said, you got a lot of grants, very easily. Just say, well, this is useful, they'll pour money on you. <laughs> many people said, we don't like this war. We have no business waging this war. I don't care if I don't grant, get grants. I will not undertake military research. research. Mm-hmm. Now, was it based on religion? It is based on certain convictions. As an academic, I like to be free. I don't want to work for another man, especially when he's asking me to do something which is going to kill people. It is a principle stand. So that is what I would like to say. Now regarding the corporate CEOs and all that, they are what you call very honest and so on and so forth. But at the same stage, uh, this thing, uh, time, their corporate objectives are related to what is called profitability. So in the name of profitability, they will lay off a lot of people, 5,000 people, 10,000 people. Now, obviously, it is difficult to survive in the market. So many people are willing to say, I don't care. I'll keep you no matter what. We'll come out of it one day. Very few cases are there. They said, someday it will turn turn around. Hmm. Meanwhile, I I have no desire to punish you. Instead, what they do is, they say, all of us will take a salary cut. Yes. On the other hand, most of the corporations make money by cheating. What they do is they find some law under which they can cheat legally. I'll give you one example. One, all the credit cards do it, by the way. <laughs> so one, uh, I heard this from a professor of uh, law in Harvard University. And uh, she was trying to point out how this credit card cheating goes. So one day, one company offered a lot of money and all that. And then they found out uh, that was a fraud. Then she says, this is the way credit card companies cheat illegally, immorally. Legally, but immorally. Supposing you live somewhere in California, the last date for payment without interest is something. Okay. So on that day, this fellow's company fellows will go to a small village near New York, very small village post office before 5 o'clock he will post the letters <laughs> Okay, stamp shows I have sent you the communication, it will take a, come to reach California for 5 days later so penalty is levied if that fellow is living in New York the mail will come from California oh <laughs> 3000 miles from west to east and the date we posted at 2pm This. so we did now here, 
there is a clear, clear intentionality to fix you. The law will be argued in such a way, uh, uh, sorry, but that's the law. So you better pay. Extortion. So we have what you call various ways of doing it. Now coming back to the Harvard question, yes. there was uh, what is called the uh, tech bubble, I think it was called, in the year 2000. Mm. The Enron company openly yes. cheated yeah, yeah. and so on. And then they found out there was a lot of what you call corporate excessives. So they said if you become a corporate executive, you must know something about what is going on. And we will tell you what you may do or you may not do. The choice is left to you. That's all. Now that is not a proactive way of doing it. On the other hand, there are people who take a very proactive view, even those countries. They stand for what they believe is right. And often what they ask for, especially where human rights and all that exploitation are concerned, they are very vocal. So, we must not be excessively judgmental. But at times, the forces of history are such that these things are part of the game of uh, dharma, dharma struggle. Hmm. I don't know whether you are convinced. But mm. no, that's my perspective. As you as you are saying, that is why. Yes. If you see take Swami's teachings seriously, and I always dangle the dharma dharma question in front of my mind, then I will say, okay. Otherwise, it's like throwing away the compass. As I, I don't know whether I told you. Yeah, you the mentioned movies. Hmm. <laughs> What is the use of a compass when I want to go the other way? So that's <laughs> the. Now people don't have time even to look at that. That's hmm. the problem. For example, there was a lot being said about artificial intelligence. All sorts of things were said. They did not address the true point. Why do you need all this? How does it benefit humanity? How does it benefit the planet? How does it... And the other thing which Swami said, nobody talks about. He said, look at nature and see the lessons it learned. Nobody looks at that. That's another problem. And and then nature comes back to teach us the lessons <laughs> in her own way. Okay. <laughs> Sir, you were mentioning that you wanted to uh, highlight some points uh, regarding this okay. series. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's not much. Yeah. I'm going to put some points before you. Sir. And uh, they are the following. <clears throat> Obviously, the all the chapters of Prema Vahini rests on the texture of Prema. Correct. Okay. Prema is what God showers on all humans without exception. Why does he do it? That I will come to. But some of us don't experience that Prema and don't react to it the way we should. I will give a simple analogy. Today, I saw some photographs of Delhi pollution it was absolutely frightening. Yes. In fact, they said Delhi has beaten even cities in China. Hmm. So, using that analogy, I'll say, humans today are struggling with the pollution of desires, etc. <laughs> so, we have to get rid of this cloud of ignorance. And that is what we must really learn when you talk about education and learning. <laughs> okay. Simply put, the lesson to be learned is all about prema. It's very simple. Okay. I read a lot about prema. I listen to a lot of discourses, Prabhachanam, including Swami's discourses and all that. I hold satsangs, meetings, etc., etc. 
then what then comes an important question long long ago the chinese uh, scholars confucius said the essence of knowledge is having it to apply it so i got all this knowledge about prema <laughs> and so i have to apply it apply it okay if i just talk about it and all that the consequences are follows i mean I read books and all to start with i become a, develop a lot of bookish knowledge i become encyclopedic encyclopedic <laughs> i can tell you what that fellow said here what this fellow said and all that soon i become a great scholar and i try to see that i got a lot of invited lectures and of course i get paid for it <laughs> okay has this lesson of prema rubbed off rubbed off on that person has he done anything about applying the lessons he has learned as confucius wanted confucius wanted us to he has obviously this person is obviously wanted about confucius by the way i read uh, came to know it long time ago in all my notebooks where i took low notes in the first page i would always write something sometimes it will be about gandhi sometimes vivekananda and one of them was confucius so you know uh, idealism now let's go back to swami he says na prajaya na dhanaya tyagai neke amrutatu manasu in other words sacrifice which is the sacred word for saga uh, tyaga is the sanskrit word for sacrifice is far more rich than the english word says but nevertheless it is through sacrifice you achieve immortality what it means is immortality means you become one with me if you want to become one with me you must get out of this cloud of ignorance okay and what some says is practice tyaga in your life now tyaga is often translated as love not tyaga prema is often translated as love in my view love without sacrifice is meaningless Mm-hmm. it doesn't it it does not become eligible to be called prema and sacrifice without prema is impossible <laughs> yes. okay absolutely i mean that fellow may not understand a word about prema but if you have that feeling i want to see you happy yes. then he is doing what god is doing i want to see you happy so i give you and prema is defined by the exemplified by the following statement of some he has often said you won't find it iota of swartham and suprajanam from head to foot head to foot you will not find yes iota swartham and suprajanam in swami swartham is selfishness suprajanam is self interest now i mentioned these two words explicitly because in the commercial world in the economic philosophy they separate the two swartham is bad suprajanam is okay Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that is what uh, you will find all yes. the economists say. Mm. But Amartya Sen having come from India and uh, sort of become fascinated with Tagore Buddhism and all that. Okay, that is uh, what you call heartless economics. But uh, Indian heartful economics, Suprajanam is allowed to a limited extent. He must moderate it with something. But yeah, Suprajanam, without Suprajanam, there is no modern economic theory. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> so, how do I unlearn all this and try to practice, fail, suffer and come? 
there comes one thing that Swami says in one of these discourses. Don't think your life begins with this birth and ends with this birth. You have to go through refinement again and again and again and again. So then eventually, you will be lifted out of the cloud of ignorance and you and I will become one. Without sacrifice, this world cannot improve. Nobody wants to sacrifice. You start first. Pai lay up. So that is a lot of blurry. Hmm. If you want to ask any questions, hmm. I'll try to. You can embarrass me <laughs> if you want to. No, you, uh, what you said was very beautiful. You said, Prema is what God gives to us. Yes. And uh, so, in the, in a manner of saying, I think what, you are, uh, what I understood was that this message that the Lord has given us hmm. is a part of His Prema. Hmm. And this kind of guidance mm. um, is, um, you know, what inspires us to take up, to be righteous in our lives. Mm. Is that what you meant? Yes, but there is also one thing I would uh, remind you what what Swami said. Why is it if God is giving this prema, some transform, very small number, Correct. most of them don't. That's a valid question. It's an empirical observation. But Swami has given the answer. When rain comes, it doesn't make any dis- uh, distinction. distinction. It falls on rock, it falls on hard, dry land, it falls on land that has been cultivated. Where do you expect crops to grow? So, have I prepared myself to receive that lesson? Hmm. If I go to America without proper education, they will throw me out in 10 minutes. A lot of people... But there are other colleges where they take your money and then throw you out. <laughs> That's definitely different. For-profit fellows do that. I've seen many students, they are trained in a different way in India. They are not able to cope up with the American system of uh, what you call take homework and all that. In fact, when I was teaching, I had to teach a course for uh, graduate students on group theory. So I did all that. But then I had to give an exam. So I told my colleague who is to sit in the same room, I don't know your examination system. Why don't you do that? So he said, I am going to give a take-home question. This is the question. You can go and consult any book in the library. I don't care. Oh. Come back. That's all. So it is a, what you call a loaded question. And then when they brought out, he showed me, take a look at it. Many of them were struggling, but they struggled the American way. They knew, they showed originality. One paper was very bad. That was an Indian student. He was not trained in this methodology. That they start in the school itself. They start mm. in the school itself. Okay. So, by the time you come there, you have seen many <laughs> battles. <laughs> you can do that. So, it depends. In Japan, they do it in a different way. We have to grow collectively. So, the national character shows up there. There's one question that comes to my mind, sure. if I may. Uh, you were mentioning about Prema and Thyaga. Mm. And uh, sometime back in the course of the conversation, we also um, decided that, you know, people need not be theistic. Mm. Atheists are also honest. Is Prema and Thyaga really possible for somebody who has uh, no belief in a, a God or a theistic approach in life? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. That happens... Many times. I'll give you two or three examples. One was a more recent one which I heard on the radio. A fellow has just graduated from a university. Mm-hmm. So he says, I asked myself, what do I do? And then I said, I had the benefit of education. 
mm-hmm. because of many socially advantageous fa- factors that help me a lot of people who are not able to do that i am here because they are there what Absolutely. can i do for them that is what vivekananda said yes that's what buddha also said when he comes to a village and there, there is a woman of so called bad character and they said buddha you should not go to her he is called at them and say she is like that because of you you are responsible for immorality and all that so this fellow talked like that <laughs> then i i had early, heard much earlier some other fellow that fellow was a he invested in market made a lot of money and one fine day he said i am taking two decisions first is i will transfer all my shares to the johns hopkins university it's a very famous university and i think maryland especially known for its medical school. medical school yes so I, I know how to make money I'll make fresh money this belongs to you I don't, I don't care if you don't acknowledge it came out in an interview next he goes to a hospital I've got two kidneys I need only one you yes, take one yes mm. and then it went to some donor immediately now everybody thought he was bad what's there in it he feels a compulsive that is what is reflected in the actions of the good Samaritan right the story so this is nothing new lord Fra- uh, saint francis there is a great poem where he says how do i sacrifice for you i don't know no. beautiful poem mm. and uh, baba amte i heard a talk by that uh, for forget his name you know uh, one fellow is there in the college who come from there uh, he he talked about baba amte in the fire mm-hmm. so one day he worked for lepers it was a very great struggle he was a doctor and then one day somebody came to him and said you are doing so much why don't you go to narayana's temple there let's go there there why do i have to go there when narayana comes to me and says help me mm-hmm. so i don't think he was a particularly religious man but he got the point right correct so so i think all these people i mean they may, they may not be religious but i think they were spiritual even though they may not uh, uh, we may not you know worldly way people may not consider them to be spiritual people because they don't talk about god but as swami says if you believe in truth if you believe in compassion then you are spiritual see the point is i put it this way the spark of the divine is in everyone that is what our vedanta says that spark of the divine is a spark from the divine that is therefore anybody can say things which uh, they have said uh, in fact it has happened people have said things which swami said 100 years later correct 100 years later how could it be he said look the spark of the divine has been in humans for <laughs> thousands of years tens of thousands of years who can say where it will flower and where it will not flower there is no way of saying that so we think only we have the unique honor of <laughs> the shortcut to heaven and all no in fact i just want to this is a myth we believe from propagate absolutely in fact i want to turn the question around again good and uh, <laughs> so if this is the stance of somebody who is uh, not in line with a god or a, or a theistic philosophy in life mm. uh, what is the purpose of god like how how does god help somebody to 
kind of um, naturally go towards something like prema and tyaga you see that sense that's a good question in fact once i was doing q and a on radio sai and satyajit ran to swami and said swami venkatraman is answering this question if you can a fellow who doesn't believe in god attain this liberation emi pedda vidde దేహాభిమానం వదిలేసినట్టే హీ పుట్ ఇట్ యాజ్ దేహాభిమానం ఓకే ఫ్రమ్ దేహాభిమానం కమ్ ఫల్ ది ఈవల్స్ సో నవ్ వట్ యూ కెన్ యూ కైండ్లీ రిపీట్ యువర్ క్వశ్చన్ సో ద క్వశ్చన్ ఇస్ ఇఫ్ అ బిలీఫ్ ఇన్ గాడ్ ఈజ్ నాట్ నెసెసరీ ఫర్ ప్రేమ అండ్ త్యాగా how does the belief in god actually uh, help you to inculcate these qualities Where what is the relevance of it now mm-hmm. in some no, in, see, in, in, in some yeah, ways the choice of relevance is yours <coughs> there is a beautiful uh, speech which gandhi ji recorded in london in 1931 when he went for the round table conference okay he was going to give a talk political talk mm-hmm. and the columbia gramophone company came with their recording apparatus they said we want to record your voice what for no your voice must be heard by posterity i am going to talk politics they don't have to know what i said that is irrelevant <laughs> to posterity then he made a deal with them he said i'll come to your studio and record something he wrote a uh, what you call a 6 minute speech because the gramophone recorders 30 minute uh, uh, no 3 minutes on each side the, okay. not the lp the 78 rpm and that is something which i often quote he begins by saying there is an indefinable mysterious power that pervades everything i feel it though i cannot see it for it is far beyond the senses and then he goes on to say in my tour last year in mysore i met many poor villagers they 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 when asked about who their ruler was they simply did not know who ruled mysore if these knowledge uh, villagers had so little knowledge about their ruler i who am infinitely lesser in relation to god then they to the ruler need not be surprised if i don't know who my god is oh. <laughs> so he says i don't know then he tries to argue why i think there should be a god you see there is a moral law in the universe the law and the lawgiver are one so if there is a law that lawgiver is god so and then he says ignorance of law is no excuse i can't even go to singapore and say i didn't know you could smoke the thing that's fine now pay 50 bucks right that's it so he said why i don't want to take the risk of being immoral then he makes another beautiful statement god to be god need not he is no god who uh, what is that who only satisfies your intellect no no ah who merely satisfies the intellect okay god to be god as sort of transform rule the senses since something mm. like that mm. and then he says is there any proof he says god manifests manifests as good actions via his devotees okay so that is his proof and then he says i cannot convince you mm. but i am convinced i want to play it safe so here they don't going to he doesn't talk about religion he doesn't talk about any particular religion there is no me and my god how do i relate is god the fundamentals right then it's okay because after all at the end of uh, in the vedanta all the names uh, attributed to god are given by us 
can you describe your god who is your god my god is a super tiger <laughs> okay he can, his claws are very powerful he can pluck clouds from the sky <laughs> and he can tear rocks and this and that <laughs> this lawson <laughs> says uh, it is quite possible he's like that because he can take any form swami has also said this yes. buffalo. buffalo becomes then uh-huh. <laughs> dream of god as a buffalo mm. so we think god must have human form so we create human forms and all that mm. just to oblige you he gives these things mm. <laughs> so in a sense what you're saying is god is like an embodiment of all virtue see god is the source of all virtues yes. okay that is stated as principle satya dharma shanti prema himsa you can start anywhere beauty of swami is started from prema traditionally you start from satya god is satya this and all that he started from prema for a very vital and practical reason first is if we talk about satya i don't know what satya is frankly how many people can defend it <laughs> if we talk about prema <laughs> Of course, immediately people think of Hindu movies and things like that. Prema means a different way. That is different. But the instinct of Prema can be seen in the world. How animals take care of their babies. How, and ultimately, you can see it in humans. And then you can see it, uh, what you call, after, uh, apart from the time when the child is a baby. When children are there, they start playing they like to play all over the place no matter what <laughs> that is because they want to experience ananda through play correct it makes them happy in the midst of refugee camps with bombs falling people dying no food <laughs> children just play it's just astonishing beautiful <laughs> point <laughs> so there is in fact i have a picture which is being copyrighted i cannot i can talk about it nobody can <laughs> but i can't publish it I've shown it in many places. There is a one-day-old baby. It is sleeping. It has got a beautiful smile on its face. Mm. I don't think the baby even knows who his mother is. So what the hell is that baby? Has it won a million-dollar lottery? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. It is its nature. Mm. Bliss is my nature, form and all that. You see that. So when you see all these things, I, I tell myself, I'll be a damn fool if I ignore these symptoms. So, I automatically develop. I don't have to convince you. I have the belief and one day I have the reason to explain why I have belief. That's the way I look at it. So, uh, automatically, I just look at uh, other men and all that. I don't curse that fellow. That is unfortunate. But I try to do my duty to you. And that is one of the things that Swami taught. By the way, talking of Avtar, I will tell you one incident. Swami was going from here to Bangalore in the car. Somebody was next to him. And he said, you want to see any form? <laughs> tell me now, I will show it to you. <laughs> and the other fellow thought about it and said, one of Swami's students, I want to see Vishwarupa. Swami said, 
that is vishwarupa he showed all the trees rocks oh he pointed <laughs> out of the <laughs> if you had asked for rama or krishna he did not want he is a vishwarupa that's it mag dekh so that's it so, very wow. nice in fact uh, when you think about it there is nobody who is uh, atheistic in the world because everyone in some form or the other other everyone wants love and that is what the spark no, of the I, divine see the point is we have started talking about theism and atheism because this is a duality we have created there is only one so i create a duality and say if you are not this you are no good and all that i would simply say do you have the following attributes then you become equivalent to god what god wants out of you that's all i want in order to say you are not a monkey and a man i'll conduct some tests <laughs> so automatically uh, the difference is established so we get into the uh, all this kind of unwanted debates this trouble, problem is there on many sides those who are especially orthodox and all that they will say if you don't believe me then you are an atheist mm-hmm. that kind of thing is there and as far as the atheists are concerned there is a the famous richard dawkins mm. so he was uh, ta- he said uh, uh, the god doesn't exist and all that usual stuff but somewhere in the end he says you know i have a soul <laughs> and i want my personal soul <laughs> so i want to go to shakespeare's plays i want to go to what you call uh, music concerts i want to hear beethoven mm. i feel elevated <laughs> and that is for my personal soul so why the hell she is bringing the word soul <laughs> and, uh, no for me it looks like the only soul is the soul of the shoe <laughs> but there is some aspect they are not able to talk about yes. and when you talk to them about consciousness oh it is an evolutionary property it is just <laughs> part of you know like life came out of inner thing they won't explain life <laughs> and if you ask some questions about that those are all stupid questions basically they bulldoze you with their high tech arrogance that's the long and short of it the uh, in the question of atheism theism and all that is tarkavadam hmm this argumentation and in a later this thing i can explain why it is so because everybody talks of rationality and all the rationality of the biologists is inferior to the rationality of physics mathematics and in mathematics long ago um, the mathematician godel answered a question by david hilbert a mathematician of 19th century he wrote down 20 questions this is what mathematicians of 20th century should answer in that there was a logical problem in the long and short of it was godel said you cannot approach god through logic wow there are certain questions so you have to go it go to it through feelings mm. and uh, feelings you cannot write it down it is experiential there is no meter how much your feeling is and all that that's not i mean i can measure blood pressure cholesterol sugar etc and say from yes. this i conclude your this thing on this scale it is this much that is not the way to do it although yes. upanishads talk about a, 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 from kikli anandam and insects and so on they go on mm. a power of 10 yeah. but that is not what it is and they just experience 
that's why some used to say the rishi's experience in the recommend sir i will tell you about it hmm okay and then it's better you follow and you also experience correct we yes. don't pretend that thing <laughs> so somewhere there is a, i saw the word methodology yeah. that is the methodology is the textbook part hmm. but you follow it like confucius there is hmm. a whole thing hmm. wow in fact i am reminded of uh, one article that you had written long ago god the avatar and the intellectual <laughs> did i read like yeah. <laughs> how much of nonsense is that <laughs> oh come on i don't know i don't think <laughs> i just write and you actually read it <laughs> come on <laughs> it is there i think i should take this opportunity to remind all the uh, listeners to just search for the this article because all that you mentioned now it's the there in great detail in that very long article actually you had written many years ago um commenting on <laughs> I was thank you <laughs> <laughs> wonderful thank you so much sir i know time is running out there so many i mean this paragraph is so significant in the sense that because it, is, it reflects what is happening in the world today so you know as you read you keep getting so many questions but then i, I guess uh, no see getting uh, questions is good because it's jignasu yes sir see and uh, the other fellow will say look at uh, what is dow jones today that will be a question <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, i think we'll uh, move on in the to chapter 14 in the uh, in the next session but i think these issues will keep coming up so we'll co- we'll we'll come back to this topic in perhaps in different route again thank you so much sir so dear listeners uh, with that it's time to wind up this segment of thursday life thank you so much for being with us all through the through the day and uh, if you have missed the previous episodes of uh, vahini sasang like you can do for every other program on thursday live you can download it from our website and listen at your convenience please do send us your feedback you can write to listener at radiosai.org we wait for your uh, feedback because that definitely gives us a good idea of uh, what is being conveyed and how it is being conveyed and how much of it uh, is of use to you and as i mention every time please when you have some moments to spare open bhagwan's prema vaini and go through the chapters and do share what insights uh, you get and how you've been able to put some of these into practice in your life thank you so much sai ram you were listening to an episode of our program vahini satsang This episode was first aired on the 9th November 2017 as part of Thursday live from Prashanthinilam on Asia stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. Thank you and Sai Ram.